Today's episode is a continuation in our counterculture series. We're taking a look at, as Christians, the call to be countercultural. And so how do we do that? There was so much good stuff packed into our discussion. We decided that we would split it into two different episodes. So today's going to be why gender matters. And next week will be why womanhood matters. Before we jump into the episode, I do want to remind you about an exciting event we're having. If you live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, would love for you to come next Tuesday, October 19th, be a part of our Sewing Circle Dinner. We're going to have fun, fellowship. Amy Hannon of Unimaze is going to be sharing with us a great message on biblical hospitality to get us ready and get us a jump start into the holiday season. So if you're interested in coming, You can get more information and register through the link in our show notes. Welcome to Conversations at the Well. We're so glad that you're joining us today. We're going to do something a little bit different in this episode. Instead of it being an interview, we have a wonderful guest. We're going to let her introduce herself here in just a minute. But instead of it being an interview, we're really going to have just sort of a a round table discussion, so to speak, a a, a true conversation around the well about gender. And so before we get to that, though, I want to let our guest introduce yourself. Um, I met her when she accompanied us on a mission trip to Cuba and was delighted to make a new friend at the end of that. So Mirna Ortiz is our guest. I will let you introduce yourself to our audience. Thank you. Thank you for Always, as you said, always invite me to serve the Lord with you. So thank you. This has been a, a great blessing. So, well, my name is Mirna Ortiz. I'm Mexican. I live in Mexico City. I live with my mom, my niece. I have the privilege to serve the Lord in a ministry that is called Revive Our Heart. But I'm in the Hispanic area. It's Aviva Nuestros Corazones. And well, we give the message or our mission is to give a message of freedom uh, and fullness in Christ to women. So we are grateful to see what the Lord has been doing in Latin America with that ministry. And it has been also a great blessing to get together with someone in other ministries as they will to just go and continue what, and see what the, the Lord is doing at this stage. So thank you, Kim, for inviting me. Thank you, Carol. Well, thank you for being here. Um, I first just want to say thank you for coming to Cuba with us and serving the women that we love so much and showing them God's love by giving them uh, a gift of knowledge and teaching, which is something that um, we're all hungry for and we all want mm-hmm. to learn. Uh, We just have to be careful with who we're listening to whenever we're doing our learning. And that really segues us into our topic today. Like mom said, we are talking about gender today. And the reason why we're talking about gender is because I do not know if there is a more hot topic push button conversation to have that is multinational, Um, that even in Cuba, we're seeing Our leaders uh, find it necessary to do gender trainings with all of their leadership, especially their youth leadership, to do gender trainings. Um, We've been seeing it clearly in America. We've been seeing it uh, in Mexico and and with all of our other contacts 
I'm sure anyone listening to this from wherever you are listening to this knows that gender is something that is uh, very divisive right now. And so one of the main things that we want to talk about is what messaging about gender is being presented to the young people of today's generation from the culture. So first we're going to talk about what the culture is saying. We're then going to kind of move into a little bit of a a discussion on uh, the history of gender and and the ideology that brought us to uh, our current state today of um, questioning gender. We're then going to talk about what does the Bible say about gender? And then we'll talk about into what it looks like to be a woman and to be a Christian woman, uh, which is right at the heart of our ministry at the well. Uh, the first the first word in the acronym of the word well is women. So I think we better uh, go ahead and talk about that. So the first thing that I had to share today, which is um, talking about, you know, what does the culture say to young women? Whenever I thought about this, there were two main messages that uh, in and of themselves are contradictory messages uh, that are the main messages that the culture pushes to young women and, and not just young women, all young people. And the first one is that gender is fluid. And in, in the saying of the word that gender is fluid, that means that it is a, a non-binary. You cannot bind it and it can be whatever the individual would like for it to be. And if you disagree with this, then you are uh, divisive and you are not being loving and that you are closed-minded. Now, the second message that I see being pushed a lot is that women, the gender of women, are oppressed and that uh, they've been oppressed by men and they are have been uh, mistreated. And so, uh, therefore, um, women are have have forever been treated as lesser, and that they are victims in the culture. So, to me, those two things definitely contradict one another. Yeah, uh, I'd like to hear what 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 you have to say about it. But when I hear those two things, it's really difficult for my brain to even be wrapped around that because uh, if you're telling me that gender doesn't matter, and then you're telling me that my gender is somehow specialized or victimized in some way. Those, those two things don't add up in my mind. True. I think that a part of what is so hard for us to reconcile is that there is a disconnect and there's a confusion. And I know that when I listen to the messages that the culture is speaking to everyone, I think, how did we even get here? How did we get to a place where we could truly believe that it is our choice to decide ourselves what gender we are, mm-hmm. separate and apart from our biological bodies. And I think that's there's just this heart of, of disconnect and disunity that intrinsically we all are a little, it's a little hard for us to sit with that because it doesn't make mm-hmm. sense at, at the core of it. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to spend just a few minutes giving a little bit of a timeline of the philosophical evolution of thought. I spent Mm -hmm. 10 years as a classroom teacher teaching Mm -hmm. high school freshmen 
this evolution of thought. And so I'm not going to go deep, I promise. Um, stick with me. But I think it's really interesting that we, that we, I think it's imperative that we understand because we can't reconnect unless we understand where we disconnected in the first place. And this change in thought, which may seem to us to have happened overnight, is really the result of hundreds of years of evolution of thought and how culture has embraced that and then is manifesting it in all of these different um, different ways. Right. So if we go back and we think about when in the history of man did man really begin to dwell on the idea of where we came from, that they began to say, as a human being, I'm not discounting that there is a divine entity that created us, but that I, as a human being, can begin to look around my world outside and within me inside and say, I can logically begin to make meaning of this. And with that became the birth of philosophy. And if we look, that happened about fourth century BC. So if you remember back in school, some people, and if you were ever in my classroom, don't worry, there's no quiz over this, but maybe you've heard people like Plato and Aristotle. So they were of this group of early philosophers who began to question what is truth and where can it be found? And Plato began to believe that you could take reality and you could take truth and find it in two different realms, two different places. You could see it in the things that you could not see physically manifested, thought, ideas, and that truth also existed in the material world, matter, things that you could see, feel, touch, hear, smell. And so there began what Plato referred to as the divided line theory of reality. Now, there is a modern author whom I love, and I have just consumed a lot of her works. And I'm going to put in our show notes a link to some of her work, but her name is Nancy Percy. She's brilliant. and. If you read two books, if you want to go deeper, these are the two books of hers that I would recommend, Total Truth and Love Thy Body. And in the beginning of both of those books, she lays out kind of this idea of a divided realm. And I love the way that she puts it is that she says it's to believe that reality, if we say reality, exists in in an upper story and a lower story. So it's kind of a, a house metaphor for it. So in classical thought, in Aristotle's day, and Aristotle was a student of Plato, they said, well, okay, reality can exist in ideas and in matter. They exist in these separate realms, but both are necessary in order to understand reality. They work together. Ideas are more important than matter, and both believe that a divine force, now they didn't believe it was God, the God of the universe that we as Christians acknowledge at the cre- as the divine force, but they did believe that there was a divine force, something outside of man that had created and controlled both the upper story and the lower story. This thought was really the thought in the Western hemisphere of the world that began to evolve. And that was, this was the basis of, of man's thought until we get to what in, on a philosophical timeline would be called the modern age our modern thought. And now we're in the 17th, 18th century. If you're a student of history, it's where we come into the enlightenment, away from the Renaissance, 
following on on that was the scientific revolution where man again began to say i can use my brain to begin to understand the world around me and a really big disconnect that happened during this time period was that they began to reject the idea that god was the author of both the upper story and the lower story. They began to reject the idea that there was a divine source of absolute truth. And so what we see happening during this time is we still have this separation of two realms. We still have ideas and matter. We still have the upper story and the lower story. But whereas classical thought said ideas are more important, in modern thought, we begin to see where matter, physical things are more important, which begins to put an emphasis on man apart from God and his ability to have his own thoughts and therefore take control of his own actions apart from God having any authority over him. And we also begin to see a domination of science, matter being more important than our thoughts which takes us to the scientific revolution. And we begin to really dig in and try to say what happens. This opens the door for evolution theory, that without a creator God, things matter just evolved on its own, okay, with its own self. This was the pervading thought until we get to the 20th century. And at the 20th century, we begin in, to come into what is known as postmodern thought. So this postmodern thought, still, still the idea that we've got two realms, an idea realm and a matter realm, an upper story and a lower story. But there's a shift that says ideas, again, are more important than matter. So matter, in fact, the physical world, okay, everything you can see, touch, smell, our physical bodies, in fact, are irrelevant. There is no absolute truth because if there is no absolute God, there is no source of absolute truth. Right. So ideas become relative. My idea is my truth. Your idea is your truth. And mine is not more true or better than yours. Yeah. Any idea you have, it is a reality. No? Yes. For the reality is just for you. And my reality is about myself. So we, everything is. Relative. Yes. yes. As you were uh, explaining and all that, it's just like we just move, obviously, this is because we have had different voices, no? Yes. In all this. So we started listening to different voices, but stop listening to their voice. Yes. That matters, no? Exactly. So this is, um, this is how it has worked since the beginning, right? Yes. Like, so we can see now, well, now let's see from that. We yes. can see that we are in the same, but everything goes deeper and deeper, no? To, 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 to go farther uh, from that really a voice that matters. Yes, yes. Farther away from the truth of God's creation. From the truth. Yes. And, yes. and Satan, who is the great divider. And if we look at how he's even crept into the thoughts of man, 
to begin divisions, right? It's so tr- reality is divided into two different realms, ideas mm-hmm. and and matter, as if they can be separated and isolated. Well, it goes back to the original sin where where the the convincing uh, argument for Eve was that if God loved you, if that was true, he wouldn't keep anything from you. It was the separation of the two, mm-hmm. as if that couldn't be something that existed together, that he keeps things from you because he loves you, that this idea and the matter exist in unison, which is the God, uh, which is Yahweh God. Right. Yeah. Yes. And that is like, that is the first time that we see that, you know, in the, at the, like in the beginning, they, they, I, I can imagine, you know, or I try to imagine how, how can, uh, this woman, the first woman, fall in that, no? But then I see if I, it was me, I was going to do the same. Absolutely. Right? Yes, because but, look at how we bought this. I mean, you know, it's not, there's not only one person who has believed this evolving that, lie. That lie. Yeah. And we are still believing lies, lies after lies, because we stop listening to the word that yes. gives life, no? To the to the Lord, really, the yes. one that is our creator, the owner of everything. But as you said, if these ideas were just taken out of the truth, that the truth is a, was the authority for all creation since yes. the beginning. When we go back to the Bible, when it said at the beginning, no, well, to say it correctly in English, because you know, I read it, <laughs> it is in the beginning, God created. No? And how did He create it? By His Word yes. saying things, no. If you read all the beginning, all the uh, the first uh, chapter of the Bible, it just he said to the light, become a uh, light, no, or exist, come and exist. And what did the light do? Yes. Was created, no, because of his word, and it's what we just left uh, just behind. We are listening to different voices, so that's what takes us. So far away from the idea of the, well, from the voice of the Lord, for the authority that we have been created uh, to follow. Yes. No? That's what, that's how we came to the, to the way we are now. No? Yes. This idea that this voice, these voices that are saying, if ideas are separate and ideas are more important than my idea of who I am, mm-hmm. is the reality the true version of who and i am it, yes and it takes precedence and authority over what my matter my biological gender is yeah so if i choose mm-hmm. to be a man even though i am biologically a woman and vice versa what has more authority because it's what's more real in quotation marks mm-hmm is what I think, my, my identity, mm-hmm. rather than yeah. my biological gender. There is biblical truth to the fact that God exists in ideas and he created ideas, and he exists in matter, and he created matter. Again, it's bringing unity back to what the culture and the enemy, our enemy, Satan, has tried to divide. And when you go to the word, the truth, and you look at this divide of upper story, lower story, you can see God in both. 
let's start with lower story first. Matter. Genesis 1-1, as you just said, in the beginning, God created everything. Everything that we see, everything that we touch, everything that we hear, everything that was created in the material world was created by God. He was the author of it. When we go to John, the first chapter of John, John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And John was using the language of the Greek at that time. And he used the word logos to be the word. The word capital W was logos, which translated in Greek means the ultimate intelligence, even the controlling reason of the universe. So if we say that, so in the beginning was the controlling reason or intelligence of uh, the universe. And that, as we know, because John was speaking of who he was speaking of the person of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. who in fact existed, might we say in the upper story, but came to the lower story mm-hmm. incarnate became took on flesh mm-hmm. so that we, in fact, as human beings could have a full understanding of that, which we could not see, which was God. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Jesus coming is to fulfill the unity of this, not to divide it and separate it. But in fact, to say both matter. Ideas come from God. He is the author of that. All matter comes from God. He is the author of that. So does gender matter? Yes, it does. And does the fact that God created and specifically purposed two separate genders, does that matter? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And it also invalidates the argument that gender, or uh, let me say it from a cultural term, biological sex is random. That that is a that is a current argument that I was randomly assigned a gender at birth because of my genitalia or my biology. And that gender assigned to me by somebody else, by some human being, is what has determined my life. And therefore, I am my own autonomous person who can choose to redo or reorient my gender from that which was given to me by a random human being, maybe by a random doctor who performed ultrasound where where my parents found out that I was I was a boy or a girl. Uh the whole argument that we're talking about that God created it that way, that he's the author, he's the authority, he's the logos, he's the idea and the reality and the biology completely negates the idea that it was that doctor in the beginning or your parents whenever they found out they were pregnant or whenever you were born that were the ones that determined your gender. Your biology, God determined your gender and your biology, and He created you that way for a reason, with a purpose. So your gender matters. Yes, yes it does. It does, and it is. Sometimes it feels. It seems so when you talk about all those like, philosophies and you just start listening to those voices that make confusion. And our Lord is not a Lord of confusion, right? He exactly. is just true. So when you See what that gender is his idea, 
you were created woman or man because you have a purpose for that, no? And it, it is God's idea, and he formed you before uh, he knew you, before he formed your, uh, your body in the inside of your mother, no? He knows you before that. He created you before that. That, that is really a, a big truth that we, can, we have to hold in you know, and to listen in order just to not to listen to lies. That now, when, when you look at the truth, you can, uh, as, as, as you were saying, uh, Caroline, that you can easily find out like the, the lies that we have been told. No, you say like, well, if he, if he knows me before I was created in my mother's womb, well, I'm sorry if my English sometimes is not. Your English is great. Yes. <laughs> but if he has created me there, if he knew me, he knew my gender, he knew who I was going to be, who I was, you know, that looks simple when you compare it to a lot of philosophy, but that is the truth. The yeah. truth is, doesn't have to be like really confusing because our love is not a lot of confusion. No, no, no. But we have to to give the like to know the the the, Lord, the word of the Lord is our authority. That is one of the principles that we have to hold in order to to hold to the truth. So I think the next important we're talking a lot about God and His intentionality in the way that He created us, but there's also an important player here when we're talking about confusion because who creates confusion? Who creates separation? Who creates division? The enemy, Satan. He is prevalent and he is working and achieving his goal of confusion and separation by making it very clear and very not only accepted, but expected of people to uh, cheerlead for the idea that we can separate our identity from our physical body and that Mm -hmm. my identity matters more than my body. And not only where gender is concerned, I I think this plays into a lot of different, um, you know, hurts that, that we bring into our body when when we talk about the idea of, you know, premarital sex, when we talk about just a lot of different things, the idea that your identity and who you want yourself to be and, and the person that you are is separate from the things that happen to your body, that we start to run into a lot of things that contradict what the Bible says about our body. But the first and foremost, the starting place that Satan is now starting in, in children, as young as children from birth, because their parents are their parents have been, um, you know, fold into this idea. And so then they, you know, replicate this for their children that now children don't have genders whenever they're born. Now it would be very, um, hateful of you to, to assign your child a gender at birth and not allow them to choose their own gender. So we have a generation now that is being raised into this idea that identity is separate from biology or personhood or your physical body um and so we we have to consider the ploys and the strategy of the devil in this as we also consider the intention of god in this 
Thanks for joining us today at Conversations at the Well. We hope your soul was truly refreshed by the story you heard and the words of wisdom that were spoken over you. Our ministry is doing work across borders, and we'd love for you to join us on mission, whether that's here in the U.S. or overseas. The best way to join us is by subscribing to our email newsletter. We love you, friends, and we'll see you next week at the next Conversation at the Well.